Welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where I tell you about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each week I will share with you a different weird fact about the animal kingdom. This week, we will be talking about a group of beetles that fires hot acid out of its butt. Before we get into it, though, we have some updates. Our Patreon page is finally a go! If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a platform that works sort of like a monthly membership, monthly subscription sort of thing. It allows me to get paid for running the podcast, and then in return, Patreon patrons will have access to exclusive Patreon content. So we'll have some things like bonus episodes, I will occasionally post my blooper reel of little funny mispronunciation things that at least amuse me a little bit. And we can also have some communication between me and you, create a little nice community here. And so that will help me be able to give you the bonus content that you will want to see. And eventually we will start having some merch and we can have that offered as Patreon benefits as well. So you can find the Patreon page at patreon.com slash quirkycreepyfreakypod. And to make it easy for you to find, I will also post the link in the description of the episode. Thank you all of you for listening and for your support, and let's get to the episode! You heard that right, there are beetles that shoot boiling acid out of their butts, specifically, well more properly, the tips of their abdomens. So this week we are talking about bombardier beetles, and I will probably pronounce bombardier five different ways throughout the rest of this episode. Uh, Beetles are in order Coleoptera, which is the most diverse order of insects in the world, with over 350,000 species of beetle. There are so many more beetles than other insects that almost every time I open randomly my insect field guide, it's not unusual to find myself in the beetles. Bombardier beetles are all-in-the-ground beetles, which are included in family Caribidae, and then are further found in four tribes, Braconini, Pausini, Ozanini, and Mitrini. And yes, because taxonomy isn't already wonky enough with our suborders and superorders, there are also tribes. A tribe is the taxonomic rank above genus, but below family and subfamily. Most taxonomic ranks have a specific standard suffix, and in zoology, the standard ending for the tribes is eni, which is why tribe Beccanini in particular sounds a lot like a good name for a panini sandwich. Circling back to the bombardier beetles specifically, there are more than 500 species of beetle or of bombardier beetle, and they can be found in all continents except Antarctica, for now at least. Typically, they are found in woodlands or grasslands. In the United States, there are more than 40 species of bombardier beetle. A lot of them have a dark colored abdomen, oftentimes with a blue colored elytra or their wing coverings, with reddish legs, heads, and antennae, and they're also not very big beetles, usually less than one inch inside, often a couple of centimeters. They are carnivores and hunt at night for other insects. Due to their carnivorous nature, some species have been studied to be used as biological control for other invasive insects, like introduced mole crickets in the southeast United States. So our fun fact of the week comes into play when the beetle is feeling threatened. 
When a predator attacks a bombardier beetle or the beetle is being harassed, they spray a hot acid out of the tip of their abdomen to drive away predators, potentially killing insect attackers and causing extreme irritation in larger predators. So these beetles aren't just running around with an explosive acid in their bodies. The spray is the result of a chemical reaction between hydroquinone and hydrogen peroxide in the abdomen. This all happens in glands called pigital glands. In each gland, there is a reservoir chamber, a reaction chamber, and an exit channel that opens at the tip of the abdomen. Between the reservoir chamber and the reaction chamber, that is a valve that keeps the two chambers separate and uh, controls the, essentially controls the reaction. Hydrogen peroxide and the hydroquinones are stored in the reservoir chambers and form a reactant solution. So it's a stable non-reactive in this way, referred to as the reactant solution for reasons that will be clear when we move forward. When the beetle is startled, the muscles around the valve between the two chambers opens, allowing the reactant solution to drip into the reaction chamber. The reaction chamber has a couple different enzymes to facilitate the explosive reaction, peroxidase and catalase enzymes. Once the reactant solution comes in contact with these enzymes, it forms 1,4-benzoquinone, oxygen gas, and water vapor. These two gases help to build pressure in the chamber, and this reaction is so exothermic it produces enough heat that it heats the acid to about 100 degrees Celsius, right near the boiling point of water. Once these beetles have been studied more and all of these heat and pressures have been described, this one paper I read had the superstellar observation regarding pretty specifically the heat, pressure, and acid, and acid production, and I quote, it confirms the observation of early naturalists that seizing large bombardier beetles by hand can be painful. Because obviously, early naturalists were just kidding, but hey, it's always fun when science validates your experience. The acid is released through the abdomen as a misted spray at a pulse of about 50 pulses a second and can be sprayed up to 20 centimeters or 8 inches at a velocity of 6 to 10 meters per second, species depending. Once the pressure has built up, allowing the spray to spray, the acid will leave the tip of the abdomen with an audible pop, and then after each reaction and explosion, the reaction chamber pressure decreases, the valve reopens, and then a fresh reactant droplet enters and a new pulse cycle begins. For each of those 500 pulses, a new, a fresh reactant droplet is coming into the chamber, reacting and being sprayed at that rapid speed. The beetle can also rotate its abdomen a full 270 degrees, so it is able to direct the spray to fire at predators at whatever angle it needs. As you could imagine, spraying boiling hot acid would have the potential to harm the beetle itself, but it does have protective measures in place. Spraying the acid in rapid pulses instead of a constant stream minimizes the risk of burns and allows moments of cooling so the tip of the abdomen does not burn. The pigital glands are also made out of cuticle, which is here a material made out of chitin, proteins, and waxes, and this protects the rest of the beetle from the chemicals, high temperatures produced by the reactions, and the high pressures, making the reaction chambers in the pigital glands a fully contained chamber. As you can imagine, being sprayed with boiling hot chemicals does not do good things to you. For insect assailants, as previously mentioned, it can mean certain doom, but in larger predators, 
or some mammals, the spray can cause disorientation, obsessive self-grooming, or even induce seizures. Beyond the spray being boiling hot, benzoquinone, the main component of the spray, is known to be irritating to the skin and eyes, potentially causing eye damage, and it causes respiratory irritation to vertebrates. In people, it will mostly cause skin irritation, and very few eye injuries have been reported. And prior to just earlier this year, in 2021, there were zero reports of eye injuries, at least within the scientific literature. But here we have an 11-year-old boy that sustained eye injuries when he tried to place a bombardier beetle inside an anthill. He had a second-degree burn on the skin of his upper eyelids and conjunctival and corneal erosion in the, white, in the right eye. So the conjunctiva is a clear tissue covering the white part of the eye and the inside of the eyelid, and then the cornea is a transparent layer of the eye that covers the iris and pupils. When the cornea erodes, it is separating from the layers underneath it. So that is not a good thing, to put the least. After seven days of treatment, improvement was noted, and the cornea was again fully intact and, you know, attached to the layers under it. And then after a full two weeks of treatment, his condition resolved completely. You may be looking at a system like this and wonder how the heck does nature develop something like this? We don't quite have the full evolutionary history of this system pinned down, but scientists have actually been able to find enough evidence to sort out the steps in the evolution of this beetle defense by natural selection. We do know that some beetles store bad-smelling quinones, including hydroquinone that the bombardier beetles use, and sacs below the skin that they can use as defense against predators. Other beetles have a system very similar to that in bombardier beetles. They still mix the hydrogen peroxide with hydroquinone, but instead of firing it out of their butt, they use the heat and pressure produced in the reaction to push the chemicals through their skin. There are other beetles that still have a similar spraying mechanism as bombardier beetles, but instead of making their own chemicals, they actually spray formic acid that they get from eating ants. Given the incredible array of chemical defenses in beetles, you can see why needing more education on properly handling insects and really just handling unknown animals in general is pretty important. But at least with most bugs that have toxic defenses, not all, but most, are nice and brightly colored and have some good danger indicating patterns so you can avoid messing with them. Since not all bugs have that though, let's just go and establish a ground rule that if you come across an unknown beetle minding its business, maybe don't try to put it in an anthill, please. Thank you for listening to today's episode and be sure to tune in to next week's episode. Please rate and review on iTunes and Podbean, and you can also find me on Amazon Music and Audible. There are now a few options to help support this podcast. Uh, you can share us with somebody you know that could use some more animal facts in their life, which is definitely everybody, and you can also become a patron on Patreon. You can find the link in the description below. If you have a favorite quirky, creepy, or freaky animal fact, Send it on in at quirkycreepyfreakypod at gmail.com, and it may just make it into an episode. Audio editing and recording done by me, Olivia Streit. Intro music created by Kaylee Streit. Thank you for listening.